people that we know who listen to this podcast who are like hey um why the fuck didn't you do your butt song that you sing every, every other day? single time like every time we're around together. people and every time cats around too like it's just like this three-part like going for years <laughs> yeah it's been a couple fucking years now <laughs> and it's like near constant <laughs> everybody we know knows that we sing that song too much and they've started singing it too and they have no idea what yes. it's from like michelle has started singing it like some of them haven't seen the video they yeah. just know that it's a thing we do <laughs> it's horrible um look we're proud of it um where does that come from again it's from a parody called how to write an alt j song and it super sounds like every alt j song sorry it, about yeah. it yeah I don't even listen to Alt J and Kat showed it to me like two years ago and I'm like, okay. And like she played an actual Alt J song and I'm like, oh, like, shit. Oh, shit. I'm like that's literally perfect. They're on point. Yeah. It's a very it's funny song. by Fleece Music. If you look it up on YouTube. <laughs> Which I recommend because like it's, it's great. just a good time. <laughs> One of them's eating a rice cake. <laughs> it's, just, it's good. We decided to start that way. Yeah. Because it's our motherfucking 25th episode. Yeah. Yes. We did a thing 25 times. 25 whole times, which look, again, I try not to get depressed by like how that feels like sort of a low number, but we do this podcast every other week, which means we have been doing this for like almost a year now. Almost. Like 26 episodes will be right about at the year mark. Somebody who does this weekly would have 52, you know? We don't do that. We have shit to do. Um, yeah, we are way too busy to do every week right now. Yeah, and, you know, that's our ultimate goal, I guess. It is. It'd be so great to do that. It'd be that. cool. Um, but, you know, we need, uh, you know, just to have, like, maybe slightly less hectic lives and also maybe fuck you, pay us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really that mean that. That was really aggressive. It's, it's not the listener's fault. I'm just saying, like, maybe, like, sponsors and stuff. Look, yeah. we already sponsor uh, soaps for free. Like, we, <laughs> we'll tell you about soap. We will tell you about random shit, like, that we drove by for free. Like, if you just pay us, we will do the best ads ever. We know it's true. this. It's true. Like, you won't even skip them. <laughs> like, we have a lot of dreams. <laughs> I'm uh, just going to let you keep going here. You're just... <laughs> I'm so sorry. You have to forgive especially me, because um, we're thinking of calling this one Oops All Gin. <laughs> There's a reason for that. It so. is 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Yep. And we I made are... chicken. Yes, she made chicken and, and rice. rice pilaf. With almonds. I made a chocolate cake with a whipped ganache frosting. Because some of this celebration is just about us. <laughs> so but also, we like, to like the cool cake, because it's also, like, my five-year friendiversary with Kat oh, this weekend. Cute. Oh, my God. So we had cake last night, and then we'll have cake today. Yes. So I many celebrations. may or may not also have a bottle of champagne in the fridge. What do you want to get tanked? I have somewhere to be. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you brought the gin. But we have had, it's, we're drinking out of mason jars and it's like two martinis worth of gin and like just, ooh, just like skosh of vermouth. Like just the tiniest little bit. Look, I had this whole plan where I was going to set up this beautiful, like basically picnic outside. I got a tablecloth. I got a serving tray. I was fucking stoked. 
And then it rained. And then it rained. And it's like cold. a lot. It's super cold. And we both had migraines yesterday, like so, last night. <laughs> because the weather changed so drastically, we dropped like 30 degrees. Yeah. About. Yeah. And the pressure we got was pretty just, damn like, close. Yeah. Really intense for a bit there. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a really good time. Um, one before we get started, obviously we're going to. Um, I know that you know we've heard some from some people that they enjoy this banter in the beginning. I bet there are some people who don't. <laughs> get to the fucking murder. <laughs> yeah, that's usually me. I mean, yeah, I feel that way. I love Karen and Georgia even, and sometimes I'm like, where is it? Where's the murder? I came <laughs> where here for the is murder. it? <laughs> <laughs> Stop hiding it from me. <laughs> Um, but we do want to say, look, we've been promising a thing and we decided over this last week, like I was really sick and I've been out of town and Emily has been preparing to be doing a whole shit ton of like rehearsals. And so it's been kind of a crazy week. It's crazy. It's just been like a really weird week that like got away from us a lot. couple weeks, I should say. Um, so we are still going to do that episode where we talk about people's like personal stories, but we decided that we would rather bring you a better product uh, than we had time to put together this last two weeks. Yeah. Um, so we're so sorry if anybody's like super disappointed. Keep um, sending us shit. Yes, please. We we do need some more things to sort of flesh stuff out. We want to make sure that we have as many stories as we can so that we can really pick the ones that are like dope as hell. Yeah. And yeah, we just did, you know, we didn't want to waste your time with something mediocre. Um, so we're going to do that one as soon as we can. We just need a little more time to put it together and make it good. And we're going to do kind of our regular format today um, with some fun additions. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to tell you some stories. They are no, they're super not. OK, they're. Yeah, this isn't. OK, you know what? No, no. I talk now. Fine. Yeah. Also, we did not get divorced as much as I wanted to. We're oh, still yeah, here. I forgot about that. That was fun. Yeah. So, no. Here's here's what we're doing. Because we are not going to have another, oh, we're doing a happy episode. Surprise! Look! It was a really cool story. Yeah. And we were supposed to be doing lighter stuff. I just, like, don't remember us specifically speaking about that beforehand. Do you want to see the chat? No. Because I'm sure it's there. I just don't remember. Mm -hmm. But was there a point to this other than ratting on me? I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so on the flip side of that, we want to hear from you guys. And maybe we'll put like a vote out on Facebook. I don't know. Should we try the format for the next like couple episodes of having like a happier story with like a gut wrenching kick you in your pants you need to get up and walk around for a few minutes story right or should we keep doing this alternating like survival of like crime and then having an episode that's not related to true crime that's probably going to be a little lighter right yeah um yeah because it's i'm totally happy with the way we are doing it but at the same time like I understand a palate cleanser being kind of nice for people if there's been a story that's really hard. Yeah. And then we would, you know, in that case, alternate the hard one versus the happy one each time. Right. As we, you know, I guess whoever goes second would probably just always have the happy story. Just yep. to be like, oh, look. We're oh, not... hey, look. Hey, look. You're, you're going to be okay, guys. Yeah. Like, we're so sorry about that last one. <laughs> Here's something about a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, look, Whoa. they're all survival <laughs> stories. Like, we know that even our happy episodes are still like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, please do let us know. Because mm-hmm. we would like to know what you would prefer to hear. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to go into our first story by our dear sweet Emily. And then we're going to like take a tiny little break in between. And we're just going to like talk a little bit about... Um, we're going to kick chat. Huh? Uh-huh. About what? I said we're going to chit chat. Yeah, we're going to chit chat. We're going to talk about... We're going to reminisce a little bit. Because it's been like almost an entire year doing it's this It's been podcast. 84 years. <laughs> it hasn't been 84 years. It's been years. 84 years. It definitely feels like 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please regale me with whatever the fuck we're doing this week. Okay. Yes. So we still wanted this to be special. Yes. So we kind of had the idea to do something based around like surviving like your favorite dangerous animal. Now, ever since I was a really little kid, I have loved hippos. It's ridiculous. And I don't know why. I have a hippo cookie jar. I have multiple hippo stuffed animals. I am holding a giant hippo stuffed animal right now. It's real cute. It is. It's real cute. It's real soft. (laughs) And I just, I don't, I don't know why. So let's talk about Paul Templar. Oh, why? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. So related to hippos and surviving hippo attacks. Because they are very territorial creatures who can be very aggressive and have been known to kill, even though they're herbivores. Yeah. like So they... that's the thing. They're herbivores. So yeah. when they attack you, it's you, not because they're hungry. You go and die anyway. Yeah. They're just aggressive. Yeah. They super don't look aggressive. They're the sweetest, no. pudgiest looking animals. Yeah. And it's the males that are really like super fucking aggressive. Ugh. Yeah. Territorial. territorial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Weird. Yep. So Paul Templar was a guide. And back in 1996, he was leading a a canoe trip down a river in Zimbabwe. Okay. And the guy who was supposed to be in charge had caught a case of malaria. You know. Sounds auspicious already. He took over and is doing this trip. And they were in Canadian style canoes. So they're like super long. This one was like an 18-footer. And their their goal was just kind of drift down the river, have a mini, like, safari, look at all the wildlife. He had three apprentice guides, Mac, Ben, and Evans. Okay. Um, they'd all been working for quite a few years uh, with our survivor. And their clients were two couples and some air crew. Now, like, one of them had been in a safari before and they'd been chased off by hippo. So they were nervous. Sure. They've already dealt with this. Like, you know. You get back in there, man. It's fine. Paul was like, hey, hey, it's going to be okay. Look, I've been been doing this for years and I'm fine. I ain't scared of no hippo. Yeah. So (laughs) those were like... Famous last words. Oh, God. Because he literally says, hey, you'll be fine. I've been doing it for years, and look at me. I'm still in one piece. Don't say that. Hey, guys, stop saying stuff that sounds ominous like that. Yeah. So they were all heading down the river. Um, 
Ben and Evans had other clients. The airmen jumped into Paul's canoe. So then that just left Mac, who had his own little kayak, which actually was a good thing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it was a good thing. Uh-oh. All right. So they set off down the river. And everyone was, you know, apprehensive because it's a river in Africa. There's a lot of dangerous creatures around. There's a around. lot. I mean, we aren't even talking about crocodiles right now. No. There's a lot we've... of shit. Yeah, because we've done that. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Done that. It was like a few episodes Moving ago. on. We'll just assume crocodiles are everywhere. Yeah. It's not the point. Yeah. So they relaxed. They saw some elephants. They saw hippos that were just kind of hanging out in the shallows. So they just kind of got everyone together to get past the hippos. Um, they said that the the smart thing to do is to stick to shallow waters because they can't come at you from the bottom and get momentum then. Okay, yeah. So you stick in the shallows and you just move a little faster. So let me say a quote. Um, is it weird that at this point in the show, like Party in the Kimono, whenever somebody goes quote from or here's a quote from them, like I'm immediately like, oh, no. Uh-uh. Like I, have, I have anxiety right now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. I led the way, and we went cross-stream into this little channel following the shallows. I got there and thought, this is awesome. Late afternoon, great light, and what a better way could you spend an afternoon? So I turned to check on the group, and everyone was where they should be. But Evans had dropped back a little bit. So I drifted and waited for him to catch up. Then I heard this awful, bah! <gasps> The unmistakable sound of a hippo strike. I oh, I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. The unmistakable sound of a hippo strike. There's only one thing that sounds like that, folks. It's a hippo strike. Listen, <laughs> I can imagine that they make a very distinct sound when they connect with a boat. It's like the very specific, like, this is hippo flesh and yeah. that's your boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different than a crocodile strike, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just so specific. I love it. It's like... Crocodiles, like, don't have the same girth. So, like, when a hippo, like, broadsides your boat, mm -hmm. that's, like, a ton. Like, a literal ton yeah. of force just coming at you. I'm imagining kind of like a crocodile's like a thwack versus, a, like, a hippo's like a, a thud. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that's a hippo. I felt that one. Yeah, Did you ow, hear that? Ow. All right. So, let's finish up this quote. No. <clears throat> I turned around just in time to see Evans soaring into the air <gasps> and flying into the river. Somehow the canoe stayed upright. It so just it hit, it hit so hard. like the back and sent Evans out of the canoe. He catapulted yeah, him out of the canoe. Into the water. Oh my God. So this wasn't my first rodeo, continues the quote. It was my second rodeo. <laughs> second rodeo, I say. <laughs> my mind was in crisis mode. First thought was, get the rest of the clients to safety. Fortunately, there was a rocky outcrop nearby. Ben, get everyone to the rocks, I remember hollering. He grabbed the others and got them to the rocks, and Mac went with them. Now. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. So, Evans is going, and he... Paul, our survivor, could see a female hippo with her calf just below him. Oh, shit. Now, that's not good. 
because the calf's there. Yeah. And like. So that's a baby. Yeah. And the mama doesn't like when people get close to their babies. Regardless of whose fault it was. Because they have babies like every other year and they usually only have like one calf. And they form into groups to protect the calves. So while the females aren't necessarily territorial, they are very protective. Sure. So, Paul turned his boat around, and his plan was to get up next to um, Evans, because he could see him. Oh, hold on. Wait. Did I say Max's boat? You can Sorry. go back. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, no, yeah. it's because Evans, he could see Evans floating. Oh, sure. And Evans had been caught in the current. Oh, no. And Evans is the one that was above a female and her baby. Okay. So... Paul was going to try and get to Evans before he could be attacked for getting too close. Right. And so everything then at that point went to hell in a handbasket. Oh, I imagine everything happened so fast. Yeah. Like you can't. Oof. Yep. So here's the next quote. Mm-mm. If you can imagine when a sub fires a torpedo toward a ship in the movies, that's what it looks like when a hippo is coming for you. Fortunately, an old guide's trick, if you slap a paddle flat on the water, the sound reverberates underwater and turns the hippo around. I did that, and it worked. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Evans was in a flat-out panic at this stage, and I tried (laughs) to calm him down. Obviously, he's in water with hippos that are trying to attack them. And he's caught in the current and he can't get out. Yeah. So he's I'd either be... going to be bashed to death on the rocks or killed by a hippo. Yeah, he sees he sees no out for this. So yeah, yeah he's there's... panicking. Yeah. Um, so Evans was in a flat out panic at the stage and I tried to calm him down. I leant over to grab a hold of his arms, hands outstretched. And this moment was almost made for Hollywood. Oh, God. Our fingers almost touched. Oh. And then suddenly the water between us erupted and my world <sighs> Went dark. Um, something hit him? Like, what happened? It was strangely quiet, and it took a few very long seconds to work out what was going on. What was going on? What do you think was going on? So it's dark and it's quiet. Yeah. Did the hippo eat him? (laughs) Like, are we talking to, about a man right now who's been eaten by a hippo? I mean, we're not not talking about a man who's been eaten by a hippo. Oh, my God! <laughs> he's inside a hippo right now. Like, this, the middle of this quote right now, he's inside a hippo. Yes. I hate this. <laughs> so, his words are, from the waist up, I wasn't wet. But I wasn't dry either. Ah, It was odd. I couldn't do anything at all. I remember struggling and trying to break free with all this pressure bearing down on my lower back. I felt like I was about to be broken. My arms were pinned to my side, but I got one hand free and reached around and felt the coarse bristles of a hippo snout. Oh, from like the inside? No, like he, he had an arm out. Oh, so one of his arms is outside, get, and he just—he's hitting a hippo yeah. on a nose right now. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like my favorite part of this quote. At least now I knew where I was. I mean, 
head up for head first up to my waist down the hippo's throat. Head first? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So what? It left his out of the legs water. are hanging out. He's in a hippo's mouth with his hand touching the nose and his legs just wiggling about. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This yeah. hippo's kind of awesome. Yeah. So rather than like trying to punch it, he like kind of moved more and basically like gagged the hippo and it gave him a chance to escape. So he got out because, like, he felt, like, the pressure release. So he got out. He got up to the surface of the water. Took in some air. Yeah. And he managed to, like, come up to the surface right where Evans was. (laughs) Hi, bud. (laughs) And he was like, we got to get out of here. So... This is when it gets a little sad. Uh oh. Yeah. He and Evans are reunited. Oh. And here's a quote. Uh, 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 no, <laughs> stop it! See, I was just fucking saying. Like, oh, god damn it. I started swimming away and got this icky sixth sense. He got an uh oh feeling. He got a real uh oh feeling. He got a real uh oh feeling. I love it when that happens. I turned around, and I was quite right. Something was off. Evans wasn't moving. Oh, no. I remember looking at him, and his eyes were like saucers as he struggled to stay afloat. And I think the terror quite literally overwhelmed him. So I swam back for him, and just as I was moving in for the lifesaver's hold, so like a lifeguard rescue position for swimming with someone who's injured or unconscious. Oh, sure. Where you're, like, swimming on your back and trying to hold on to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wham! No! He was hit from below. No! Now! The unmistakable thud of a female hippo. Now. No. He's been in a hippo's mouth, head first. Mm-hmm. Now, he's in feet first in a hippo's mouth again. He's had, oh my God, he's got both experiences under his belt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is his head outside? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Turned out, quote, I was up to my waist down this hippo's throat again. Although this time my legs are trapped and my hands are free. The hippo shook me about. I mean, it was just going berserk, thrashing me around. All I really managed to accomplish during that phase of the attack was to almost drown. I bet. Yeah. Again, though, I must have been wedged rather uncomfortably because he spat me out. That hippo is so fucking angry, it can't get this guy in one bite. Here's the (laughs) thing. Here's the thing about that hippo, because I don't think I mentioned this. Mm. So in another article, I found that um, Paul is fairly certain that he's encountered this hippo before. Because, I mean, he leads tours down the river all the time. So he thinks he and knows And he's had exact... some issues with this hippo before. What the fuck? Where it's, like, hit their boat, but it's never attacked. So he's just a particularly territorial dude. Yeah. Okay, so for, okay, so for my... There was a female and her baby. Yeah. That's not the hippo that came up and did this. No, although I'm guessing that's the hippo that got Evans. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. That one's protecting the baby. This other hippo's like, what the fuck are you up yeah. to? I'm the biggest Why do you keep coming here. back into my area? Right. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me just uh, continue this quote. Oh. <laughs> this time, when I come up, I look around and no sign of Evans. At this point, I wasn't doing so well. I needed to get to safety. Yeah. Seems right. I was making pretty good progress until, and this will be etched in my memory forever, as I'm front crawling, I look under my arm behind me and see this monster chort charging in toward me again. His mouth was wide open, and I felt a huge tusk go right through me. Oh, my God. Now, they are, there are recorded episodes of people being gorged by hippo tusks. Sure. Um, especially, like, when they come into villages. Yeah. Because they do have, like, a whole bunch of other, like, little teeth. Sure. But it's those big tusks you have to watch out for. Right. Whenever you see a hippo at the zoo, those big-ass teeth are always, like, sawed off. Yeah. Like, they look flat. That's not how a hippo is in the wild. No. <laughs> Them motherfuckers is big. Yeah, they're usually long. And yeah. if they have one broken off, it's because there was in a fight. Right. So he's just underwater. Evans is gone, as oh. far as he knows. We can't see Evans. Fuck. Evans is gone. Poor boy. Don't think about Evans. I'm thinking about Evans is the I'll thing. come back to it. Fine. <laughs> All right. So let me continue this quote. Now my legs were sticking out of one side of its mouth and my arms and shoulder and head the other. So now he's sideways in the mouth with the tusk going up through him. Oh, my God. Yep. This one's like, I'm going to figure out a way to eat you no matter yeah, what. I'm going to get you. <laughs> so again... He's gorged by this tusk. He's got the mouth closed in around him. This hippo is just tossing him around. And uh, at one point, the hippo throws him into the air. And then it caught him back in his mouth. And this hippo's fucking with him. Yeah, it's like a chew toy. (laughs) And like bit him again. And then threw him, grabbed him, and then dove to the bottom of the river. So now he's in a hippo's mouth. At the bottom of the river, bleeding, looking around. Oh my god! Looking around, <laughs> yeah, all there no, is to see. Literally, I'm sure. literally. <laughs> here's another quote. <laughs> oh no! I'm looking up and seeing the different hues of green and yellow, and the sunlight shimmering there above the surface. And I remember being extremely calm and wondering who could hold their breath the longest: me or the hippo. It's the hippo. It's the fucking hippo, of course. Because they can hold their breath for at least five minutes. They live in the fucking water, and they're three times the size. They also have, like, a sleeping reflex, where when they're sleeping, they sleep at the bottom of the river, and their bodies will naturally raise them back up to get air, and then lower them back down. That's really cool. Okay, so, continuing the quote. And then I was just laying there, watching. Watching my blood mingle with the water up there. I wondered what would happen first bleed to death or drown that's a fair question and then the hippo for whatever reason we aren't sure oh God. then suddenly flung him back up to the top just like surged forwards Whoa. and threw him out of his mouth and Whoa. yeah so here you remember how mac had that little kayak mm-hmm. yeah well mac apparently didn't go to shore He's Mac waiting? was waiting. Oh, God. So when the hippo threw him back out, now Mac had been watching this whole thing go down. Probably shitting his literal yeah. pants. 
Mac was ready to go in and save him. Like that would have worked out. Well, it does. Here's the quote. So Mac managed to get in and paddle to him close enough that he was able to hang on to the nose of the boat. Oh, shit. And Matt just kept paddling and the hippo kept hitting them. But because it's a kayak, it's harder kind of to turn it with two people holding on to it. Sure. So they managed to get to the rock shelf and they were pretty safe, even though here's here's the, you know, reminder that they're thinking they're pretty safe in crocodile infested waters. Right. They're really concerned about a hippo, but they're surrounded by death and danger at all. Because he's bleeding profusely. Oh, no. Yeah, that makes sense. So they they got through it. They got him on shore. He had 38 major bite wounds on his body. Oh, my God. The tusks had gone through both of his shoulders. His left arm from the elbow up was crushed. And then from the elbow down, the medical term. That's going to be gross, guys. This is going to be gross. Please. Is degloved. Whoa. It basically just means like the skin was completely pulled off. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So his right arm had some lacerations, but it was okay. Um, Just above his eye on the side of his head a tusk had gone in where his temple was what yep he should be dead nope surprisingly in the back of his head and at the top of his neck um just like right where like the spinal cord joins the brain there was a little bite there like even just a little bit of movement and he'd have been dead oh like my the God. hippo would have just crushed his neck holy shit um, the only in- internal organ that was blown, because you're expecting to hear like, yeah, he had like a punctured liver and like ruptured intestines, like all yeah. this shit. Nope. A lung. Really? Yep. The Damn. lung had been skewered and it was awful. Now here's where his luck continues. Because so far, yes. The yeah. luckiest man alive. So... I'm just going to give a quote because he does this better than anything I could have written. Uh What really sucked was that the first aid kit had been in my boat. Mm. The radio, too. No. All gone. Don't keep those in the same boat. Mac rolled me over and there was this hole where you could see what looked like part of the lung through it. Ah, gross. Yeah. Training kicked in. We came up with a plan. We took the wrap off a plate of snacks and sealed the chest wound. It did the trick. It stopped my lung from collapsing. And stopped me from dying right Holy there on the spot. Shit. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. Always have a snack tray with you. Uh, apparently, <laughs> dudes. Survival be- tip number one. When you go anywhere in Zimbabwe down a river, have a snack tray. Yeah. And number two, like have somebody who's so well trained that they can go into training mode when they're dying. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. So here's uh, <laughs> the continuation of the quote. Mac undoubtedly saved my life. But Ben also. This was our situation. We finished tidying me up on the rocks and had a bit of a dilemma. You know, just a bit. Yeah, I don't know if I would refer to this as a bit of a dilemma. Are these people British? A little bit, yeah. (gasps) Okay, yeah, that feels right. Either British or Australian. I don't remember. It's one of the two. It feels right that they'd be like, yeah, Yeah. no, it's it's not terrible. Yeah, I've seen worse. 
So <laughs> we were sat on this cro- crop of rocks in the middle of croc-infested river, one man missing, presumed dead or injured, with six clients, and now down to two canoes, one kayak, and one paddle. No radio, no first aid kit, no gun, and it's starting to get dark. Three guys. <laughs> Two canoes. One paddle. One paddle. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, not good. Um, so they, Paul is telling them to, like, load him into one of the canoes and get everybody on board. And just, you know, follow the current. They'll look for Evan's body and then try to hit their extraction point. And he was ready for Ben to be like, nope, nope, I'm never getting on this river again. Nope, that's, that's not happening. Would be understandable. So here's the thing about getting back in the water. That hippo was 20 feet away, still grunting at them and watching them. And it had its mouth open, which is something that they do when they're really, really angry. They'll yeah. sit there with their mouths open. You you sort of see pictures and video of them doing it at each other. Yeah. Having their mouths yeah. open. And sort of it swaying. means they're really mad and you oh. shouldn't come near them. Shit. So Ben, who would have been well within his rights to be like, oh, fuck no, <laughs> said okay. And then Mac was going to like wait there with them. And he was like, we'll get a rescue team for you and the clients. <laughs> Here's the quote. And then I went all melodramatic and did my little Hollywood exit and said, Hey Mac, can you tell my family that I'm sorry and that I love them? And he was like, nah, mate, tell them yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> At that, he then eased them into the river. I was like, okay, bye. No, no, no. You're going to be you, good. I swear. You're good. You're good. You're good. You, just, you tell them when you see It's them. fine. Listen, we put a snack pack on your chest. It's yeah. fine. You got a snack pack. Quit being a pussy. <laughs> we're going to make it through this. I don't know what accents we're doing I right now. I don't know anymore. <laughs> All right. So they get in the water. Uh-huh. They're going. Uh-huh. They feel a thump I hate on this. the back of their canoe. I hate this. I know you do. Why are you doing because this? Because you hate this. <laughs> this is fucking payback, Taylor. This hippo is an asshole. Yes. I understand that you love hippos and they are very cute. Fuck this particular <laughs> yeah. hippo. Yeah. Oh my god. So Ben is just like, no, fuck this shit. He keeps paddling, even though the hippo is hitting the canoe. Yeah. No, so no. no. <laughs> I just hate it so much. So they keep going. And Paul is like trying to keep an eye out for Evans, but it's like, mm. he's also like kind of slipping into shock. Um, yeah, no, that's so, right. Yeah, and also just pain. Yeah. Just a lot of pain. Oh my god. Because the adrenaline's wearing off. They've been stable enough now. Yeah. So the pain is going to start setting in, and there's a very good chance he could go into shock. That's really bad. Yeah. So I can't believe he remembers as much as he remembers. I know. I think we're getting kind of towards the end of what he remembers, though. Uh oh. <laughs> so, um, a quote, and then I had this incredible experience. I'm laying there. And there was this terror, this panic, this pain. And suddenly I just felt real calm. Oh, that's AKA, not a good sign. He just went into shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, should I 
And I, it, I realized it was a moment of choice. Should I go or should I stay? This is why people die sometimes yep. when they're in shock. Because it's yep. like, seems normal. Fine. Should I close my eyes uh-huh. and drift off? Or should I keep my eyes open and fight through this? Oh, my God. So this actually just confirms what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a hair tickling me. Um, I continue to quote, I've spoken with doctors about it and they say the body gives off all these chemicals and hormones, but to me, it was just a profoundly spiritual experience, which could then feed into like, you know, people seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or sure. someone beckoning them. You start to this hallucinate dying. Literally he's dying. Yeah. Um, continue to quote. And in that moment I made a choice and that choice brought me Brought with it more pain than I ever even dreamed the human body could endure. Ugh. All right. Here is the actual light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. This is the light? This is the light. <laughs> the opposite of last episode? Yeah. Where that wasn't the light. Hey, guys. This is the light. <laughs> this is the light. This is it. Luckily, it turned out there was an air ambulance team out on an exercise. Oh my god! A couple what? miles away. So just good. Purely coincidental, and they were able to get to them and keep him alive to get him to the hospital so he could be treated. These lucky sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> they just happened to come across an air ambulance team. That would be able to properly stabilize him. Right. So eight hours from the attack to when he got to the hospital. Eight hours. That's still such a fucking long time. To be alive, to have your lung punctured, to decide you're not going to die. So with you're no painkillers. Racked with pain. Like horrible I totally get why people go into shock and they just decide, well, wouldn't it be nice if I just got to chill the fuck out, did a quick death? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just die a little bit and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So he gets to the hospital and they warn him like, hey, you might lose some limbs. We don't know how much we're going to be able to save. Fuck. Because remember, like his left arm is jacked. Like, crushed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, not good. It was, like, crushed and degloved. Like, oh, he I forgot just... about the degloving. Yeah. You're welcome. I can... Hey, doctors? <laughs> That's a really fucked up term, and don't, please. Stop. Yeah. I don't want to even hear that again. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, he tells the doctor to try and take a minimalist approach when it comes to removing his limbs. <laughs> like, this guy, Paul... Paul, Paul, you doing stand up on your deathbed, my Paul. dude? You, you, Paul, you doing lay down? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> it's your house. Gonna, you know what? There's a door right there. You'll walk out and live with the finches now. Yep. <laughs> Whoo. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm so, very bad. <laughs> so his survival chances were pretty much nada. They were expecting to have to amputate both arms up to the shoulder and his left leg. Oh, Christ. Like right like below the knee. Mm-hmm. 
But because he said that to the doctor, the doctor's like, eh, this guy wants to give it a whirl. Like, let's see what happens. And they only just took off most of one arm. Uh, sure. I mean, they had to go back in and take off the rest of the arm because he was like, okay, nope, that's that. We can't go that minimalistic. Okay. He's like, even <laughs> I don't want whatever you've left me with. Yeah. So they, you know, only took one arm. So he was left with both legs and an arm. Luckiest motherfucker alive. And he was not a good patient. <laughs> what is he, an asshole? <laughs> Well, his words are, I was being a right pain in the ass. <laughs> I went through the full range of emotions from being grateful for being alive, but also pissed. I mean, how do you not get pissed that this even happened? Well, like, at least for a little bit. Here's the thing. Here's another reason he got pissed. Mm -hmm. They found Evans' body. <gasps> what happened? There wasn't a scratch on it. He drowned. He just drowned. He drowned. He just got stuck underwater. Yeah. And he wasn't and even he, like, attacked. panicked so badly that he drowned. Oh, honey. Yep. So, like, when he so, saw him floating there with, like, glassy eyes. Yeah. He was truly panicking to yeah. the point that he couldn't even yeah. save himself from yeah. drowning. Yep. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Yep. Oh, sweet baby. So, he is now racked with guilt because he feels responsible for his death. Dude, you did everything you could. You were getting your shit wrecked. Yep, and that's what the doctor basically does to him. So he's, like, racked with guilt and being pissy and being a really bad patient in the hospital. Yeah. And the doctor comes up to him and looks at him and goes, Paul, remember this. You are the sum of your choices. You are exactly who, what, and where you choose to be in life. And he says, that's a really good thing for you to say, Doc. You're not the one laying there with bits and pieces missing. But even as I lay there, I knew he was right. That is like the, like, doctors don't have to also be philosophers. But, like, no. that guy's killing it. Yeah. He's got better bedside manner than some doctors I know. Oh, I'm sure. Probably than most. <laughs> um, so, final quote from Paul. I wasn't ready to take responsibility for life, and it was far easier to blame everyone and everything else for all the bad things that had happened. But those words never got away from me and kept coming back. And then I decided how to actually do what the doctor said. I realized that if I made the same choices continually and doing the same things, thinking the same way, then nothing was ever going to change. You are the sum of your choices. It finally sunk in, and with the support of my family, friends, and faith... I truly could never have imagined the life I live today. Dope. Yeah. Good for him. So he survived being eaten by a hippo. I will say like. In multiple directions. Paul and Mac are really consummate survivors. Like they really kind of killed that. And I just feel so bad for Evans that like he. I know. He was Poor scared baby. to death basically. Basically. Here's my last little bit. Oh yes. Two years later. Uh oh. He I led. <laughs> Two years later, he led an expedition down the Zambezi River. Oh, honey. And drifted past the stretch where the attack had taken place. Now you got one arm! Anyway. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and a huge hippo lurched out of the water no. next to his canoe. No! <laughs> Did he shit himself? This is his quote. I screamed so loudly yeah. that... <laughs> that yeah. 
that those with me said they'd never heard anything like it. The hippo dove under the water and was never seen again. That scream was like, oh, yeah. whoa, oh, what the fuck? Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to say hi. Okay. Right, like, um, you're cool. <laughs> so, and then it's, I bet my life savings that it was the same hippo determined to have the final word. He's like fucking Captain Hook. He yeah. thinks every crocodile is the one that took his hands. Like, but, <laughs> but seriously, though, I think I would think exactly the same thing. Like, there he is. There He's he here to finish the job. I'm there fucked. He is. There he is. I would pee. I can't believe he's still leading tours. Yeah. Is he still doing it to this day? Do we know? I don't know. I mean, it's been several years, I suppose. It is. Yeah, because that was back in 1996. Oh, God, yeah. So he's, like, pro- hopefully leading a different, Probably. more comfortable life. Hopefully. Paul, you killed it. You done did killed it. Um, I just, like, it really struck me, like, when he's at the bottom of the river and he remembers what that looks like. Yeah. Your brain protects you from stuff like that so often. The fact that he remembers so much of that is crazy. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, yeah, that's, um, that's the story of Paul Templar. Paul Templar, you fucking killed it. I hope that you're having a comfortable and happy life. I hope so, too. And, uh, and your friend, Mac, too. Yep. Because he's and awesome. Ben. And Ben. And Ben. Ben. Yes. Um, I'm drinkless now, so what's our thought? I'm not. What the fuck? <laughs> you better finish that. I was talking. Can yeah. I have, what do I have that's like a sippy? I don't need more gin. Champs! Oh, I forgot about champs. Oh, my God. Music break. Music break. This one's not because we're sad. It's just because we need it. (laughs) 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 Hello, we're back. Sorry. Uh, We just... (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what we're doing anymore. It's... It's oops all gin in this place. <laughs> it's crazy. We haven't been this jacked up since we did the like African American history like episode. Three o'clock. It's three o'clock and I have to go to a thing in like two and a half hours. I'm gonna be drunk for that thing. It's I don't. Um, okay, so we've switched to champagne. Yes, we're on the champs now. Yeah, it's a little lighter than gin. A little. Um, it's got burbles. It does his papers. We're still drinking it out of messengers. <laughs> yep, because I'm still sticking with my outdoor fresh theme, even though we are not outdoors. Look, Wisconsin fucks us on the regs with its shitty weather. It's true. Like, it's even true. when it's supposed to be nice, it still rains it's really more than not. it probably should. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking not that nice. Um, okay, so we should say, this was all fun in games. We just wanted to do a little bit of chatting about what it's been like to do the podcast for the last year. I guess we should start by just, like, thanking people. Yeah, that's a good starting place. Yeah. Like, thank you guys, uh, everyone who listens. Like, even if you've never written a comment or, you know, given us a review, like, we still appreciate that you're here. We hope that you do those things in the future. It would yeah, be we have a Facebook now. It's really cool. We do. We have a Facebook. Please find us. Um, it's really easy to do. We're, like, at a O feeling, like, on the Facebook search thing. Um, but also... 
either way, like we appreciate if you take the time out of your day, whether you're driving or you're cooking dinner or you're doing dishes, which is when I always listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, yep. When I'm cleaning. Yes. Yes. Such a good time to do that. If you're doing that and you're choosing to listen to us, that really means a lot to us. It's really super important that you do that because, I mean, we, we really enjoy doing this and I'm pretty sure like we would enjoy doing it even if like two people were listening and those people were us. But like... Uh, no, it's, it's not me. I don't. I don't listen. I like just subscribed to the Facebook page the other day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had to have a convo <laughs> with my good co-host here because I got a notification like like a month after we started the page that Emily Ware has liked the Facebook page. Surprise! Like, hey, you mean the one we made together at your house? Yep. Wow. Listen, I'm really bad about my Facebook notifications of like you've been invited to like this page. I have like 55 but notifications. This is your page. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's hard, all right? I don't Facebook a lot. Yeah. And look, we're not we're not the best at social media. I don't nope. Instagram. I don't tweet. Like, I Instagram, but I don't Instagram often. Right. So, I mean, we're just doing our best. Um, but, you know, hearing from you guys really helps keep us motivated. We and... yell at each other a lot when we see, like, a review come through. Oh, my God. Yeah. We freak out. Whoever and it's notices great. it first is like, oh, my God, did you see this? In an all caps message. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we love hearing from you. Please continue to do that. Um, but if you're even either if you're just like a weird lurker, like we appreciate you listening. Yeah. What else specific do we want to talk about? Like we can, I, I did want to hear like, if you have a moment like of doing the podcast that sticks out to you as like particularly fun reason why you continue to do it, anything like that. I'll, I'll, I'll try to start. Like, okay. There's, like there's like little tiny moments. Just, there's a lot. It's just yeah. like, I'm trying to like, like every app is fun to do. Mm hmm. But like, I always remember like we were just talking about when we came here the last time we had Jen was our fourth ever episode. And I think it's called Lady, Ladies Night and the Feeling is Not Right. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about, like, female killers. Female killers, yes. I did Giggling Granny, I think. Yeah, and I still have the Wonder Woman balloon that I bought. Yes! Oh, my God, yeah. It's yeah. Still, like, it's still up. balloony. What the yeah, fuck? I, yeah. Crazy. Um, But we were, like, drunk on, like, three martinis at that point, which, okay, if you've had a martini, had that's too so many martinis. Many. That's way too many martinis. It's, oops, it's all gin. Like, this yeah. is our problem. Um, <laughs> But that one was so fun. Kat was here for that, too, and yep. we were just, like, sitting around laughing. And she was going to be here today, but she has a show. Yes. And we have to be bad. done by a certain time because... We will. Taylor has to be day drunk somewhere else. I do really. I remember that episode a lot. And then I also remember the one. I think it's called Uh Oh Tornadoes. <laughs> another one where Kat was there. Yeah. That um, one was a fun one. That's the one with Salvador. Yeah. I think about Salvador And my all dude the in the tornado. The dude in the tornado. Yes. Like two. Both of those stories were really interesting. Yeah. One of I them think was, about Salvador a lot. I, I do too. For whatever, whatever reason. Especially with like that new movie that's coming out. That's like a drift or whatever. Yeah, with what's his fucking yeah. face from what's his fucking bullshit from Hunger Games? Yes, Finnick. Yeah, from Hunger Finnick Games. From, like, look, I like him. I look but at I just that don't and care. I'm like, oh, you guys don't have Salvador, right? Y'all are fucked. And the thing is, it's also based on a true story, and it makes me want to look up that story really bad. But then I think of like, is it going to be more epic than the story of Salvador because he was alone? It was over a year. Like, yep. nothing is crazier than that shit. I think yeah. about him all the time. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, is there a other survivor that you think of a lot from any of this? Like, especially since we have to do so much research to remember them. 
Yeah. I'm just like, I can't remember her name. Oh, shit. Well, we can look it up. Like, Yeah, I might need to. Here, I've got my... Like, what happened? What was the thing? It was the one where she, like, escaped. She was being kept in a basement. And he was... She was, like, vacuuming his car and escaped yeah. that way. You remember her? Was that the kidnapping episode in general? Yeah. Because I always remember, obviously, the ones I did better. But, like, if it was a theme, then... Yeah. I found it. Awesome. Natasha Kampusch. Oh, yeah. That name. Yeah. Yes. Rings a total bell. Yeah. I think about her a lot. Yeah. Like, this is like eight years with a dude, and she just happened to escape while vacuuming his car. Right. Like, yeah, that's right. She just took off. Yeah. Like, she just fucking bolted. Saw her opportunity. Yeah, and ran with it, literally. Oh, so great. Yeah. Like, some people are so impressive that you just don't forget about them. Yeah. It's awesome. Also, I think about Jonestown a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Jonestown one, a whole shit ton. I think about, like, our African-American history one that we yeah. did. Like, both of them a lot. Because, yeah. Because, like, that one was just so fucking intense. It was. It was. <laughs> that was such a big deal. It was very emotional. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a lot of moments I'm super proud of. Like, I'm super proud of the We Are All Survivors, our episode 13. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Mostly just because, like, we had people we knew who reached out to us and said really cool stuff. Right. They listened. were, like, willing to. It's still our most listened to episode. Yeah. Um, but there's also even just, like, the, um, the one with all the cannibalism. That was only <laughs> a few weeks ago. That's the accidental cannibalism. Yeah, I'm the, almost the most proud of that moment because, like, our fucking mind meld bullshit yeah. came together in a way. Yeah. And our research was on point with it that was. one. It was really good. Oh, Moby Dick. Oh, Moby Dick. Seriously. I just, I still want to know if that cow that was in the dining room oh my God, right? survived the flood. Hey, if anybody who knows any more about the hurricane of Galveston. Do like, you know about that cow? Do you know if that cow survived? Like, we still think about it. Because they went upstairs. Right. But cows don't do stairs. They brought the cow into the dining room for the night, and then the water was too high, so they went upstairs. What happened to the cow? They, like, they don't say. She takes the time to mention the cow early on, and yeah. then doesn't mention and then it again. doesn't mention it again. Garbage. So, like, what the fuck happened to that cow? Garbo. Yeah, I'm I need bad. to know. Totes agreed. Is there anything else we should talk about in our fun little chit-chat? No, I think you should do your story. Okay. I'm into it. If anybody ever has any questions for us, by the way, like you should totally just tweet us or send us a Facebook message and we'll, we're pretty honest even when it probably goes against us. <laughs> okay. So we're doing stories about animals that we love, right? And when Emily sent me this idea, um, she was very careful to say dangerous, dangerous. animals that you love. Because here's the thing, my favorite animal is the common loon. Um, yeah, loons, that's not a joke. No, it's not. She's got loons like all over her house. I literally have like 50 loon figurines and statues. Yeah. Um, it was a thing that I collected as a kid. I did like three separate book reports on loons. Um, if you've never seen a common loon, honestly, just look it up. They're like gorgeous. They're black and white. They have red eyes. Their beaks are really cool. Like, anyway, I love them. There are no survival stories involving loons. <laughs> I did check. Um, I just had to be sure before I moved on. And that's why I said dangerous animals. Exactly. And you know, I had to try. But I know. 
But I did settle on an animal that I do really like. I know that it's kind of a cliche animal to love because every, who doesn't love a tiger? I was going to say. Uh-huh. It's either a tiger or a bear. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, bears are cute, but I don't have, like, the soft spot for them that I do. Tigers, I think tigers are gorgeous. Tigers are absolutely gorgeous. I loved tigers as a kid. Yes. Like, who, like, kids, I think, are really drawn to stuff like that where it's like, yeah. I don't know what it is about a tiger, but they're just so fucking impressive. Um, and they're pretty. They're and they so look pretty. soft. And they can eat your face. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they're soft and beautiful and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, something about that makes them very, like, you want to just know more about that animal. So, um, I did do a little bit about a sweet-ass tiger attack. <laughs> You know, as sweet as they can be. And I'm going to go ahead and begin with a quote. <laughs> Imagine a creature that has the agility and the appetite of the cat and the mass of an industrial refrigerator. <laughs> Go ahead and imagine an industrial refrigerator. With teeth. With teeth and legs, and it can just, like, spring from wherever it wants and devour you. Because that's a fucking tiger. <laughs> Come along on this journey with me, <clears throat> Emily. <laughs> it's December. 1997. Ooh, we were only a year apart. I was going to say, didn't, wasn't yours 96? Yeah. Yeah. I, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. The 90s were a good time. To almost die. Of by animals. In the wilderness. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Not only is it December 1997, it's fucking Russia. Oh. It's Russia as fuck up in here. So is this a Siberian tiger? Yes. So yeah, it's definitely not the good or easy part of Russia. Like there is not a lot of easiness in Russia, like no. in general. Especially but, not in the nineties. But if you're thinking about like Siberia, that is That's not, super brutal. It's almost fucking uninhabitable up in that yeah. bitch. It's real cold. All um, the time. Yeah. And there, in addition to a bunch of tigers, lives a man named Vladimir Markov. Um, he lives out there in the in the bullshit wilderness. Mm -hmm. He is out there. Because he's very poor and he's just sort of trying to make a living hunting illegally because it's too expensive at that point in Russia to buy a hunting license or real ammo. Sure. So he's, he's home making his own bullets. Okay. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. He's out there and uh, he is doing his best to hunt, poach really, because it's illegal. Yeah. He's poaching the, one of the world's most dangerous animals, the Siberian tiger. Now, it, to be fair, the Siberian tiger should be referred to as the Amur tiger, A-M-U-R. Amur, Amur, however you want to pronounce that. That's just like, I think it, they expand like into more of a region than Siberia itself. I mean, so they, yeah. Yeah, so they get their own kind of but regional still. Land. I know. We, all, we know them commonly as the Siberian tiger for a reason. They some big boys. Yeah. This is... The biggest type of tiger that is alive. Like, it's real big. It's real, real big. Um, all tiger species live in Asia. So it's like a misconception that, like, they ever live in, like, Africa or anything. No, they That's live in lions. Asia. Lions <laughs> and cheetahs and jaguars. Yeah. Right. Now, I will say these ones are not the white ones because those ones are still, like, very, very, very rare. Oh, yeah. Those are super rare. But their orange fur is much lighter than a yeah. regular, like, southern part of Asia tiger. Because yeah. they do need to blend in somewhat. So that's legit. And a moor tiger can weigh over 500 pounds and be more than 10 feet long from nose to tail. Think of how tall you are. That's two of me. 
Yeah. It's like a little under two of me. Yeah. Emily, you're like, you're like, I'm like five, five I'm five, three and three quarters. Thank you. Yeah. So like you, you take two of you and you cut off six inches and that's a fucking tiger. Oh, and according to an interview, I'm going to be having some quotes from a man named John Valiant. He is the author of the book, The Tiger, A True Story of Vengeance and Survival. That's where a lot of this information comes from. He did all this research and put all this story together. Um, And according to him, a tiger can jump as high as it needs to. (laughs) Like he would not commit. They're like, how high? He's like, no, no, no. It depends on the necessity. (laughs) Is it 25 feet? Does it need to? It might be able to. Don't fuck with a tiger, dudes. Seriously. So, back to Vladimir Markov after those fun facts. (laughs) Vladimir is at one point offered $50,000. I don't know how much that is in Russia money. (laughs) But $50,000 is nothing to shake a stick at when you are so poor that you are hunting illegally to barter for sugar. Yeah. Like, then that's Markov's life. So he's ordered, like, he finds, like, a gang member at some point who's like, I want a fur. You get me a tiger fur, you get $50,000. So he decides he is going to poach a real-life fucking monster that is this giant type of tiger that lives right around where he is. He has this cabin sort of in the middle of nowhere, and there's just tigers up in that jungle. Spoiler alert. Vladimir is not the survivor of this story. Oh. Yeah. Womp womp. I was I'm... starting to get a little attached, even though he's a poacher. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely feel bad. Like, I feel like his economic circumstances really pushed him to this. Yeah. But he's still a poacher. And he's still sucks. a poacher. Yeah. He's not. I'm not going to trick you. He's not surviving okay. this. Okay. Okay. Um... So I don't have the exact details on what happened to Vladimir because nobody was a witness. Well, yeah. Yeah. Tigers are sneaky. Yeah. It's, it's and him and fast. the tiger at this it's point. It's fast. But we do know the story because of another dude who gets involved and we will get to him. But yeah, this fucker dead. Hella fucking dead. So he finds one day a tiger. He's out there searching with his shitty gun and his homemade ammo. And he, oh boy, does he find one. It's a big boy. And he shoots it. Mm. Now, this was Vladimir's mistake. If you are going to shoot a tiger, you better kill it. Yeah. You better fucking kill it one shot. 360 no scope. (laughs) Like, and he does not do that. This tiger is now injured. And angry. It's 500 pounds. (laughs) and it's really pissed of muscle of pure fucking muscle and aggression and it's so pissed not only does he shoot this animal somewhere non-fatal for the most part but he takes part of its kill like it had just killed something that's how he found it and he takes part of the kill oh that's bad so here's the thing um this tiger was not just any tiger in addition to being a V-Big boy, he's kind of like the BTK of tigers. <laughs> and I don't mean that in like a, like he's a depraved tiger that like made his own name that, like the three things he loves. Tied up like it's right. antelopes. <laughs> he's not doing that. But he is capable of a premeditated attack. Yeah. In a way that like is unheard of in the animal community. 
This is yeah. why I wanted to do this like, fucking you story. You get that sometimes, though, with like certain lions, too. Oh, sure. Where it's... there are just those outliers that it's... can calculate. Yes. Well, the idea that they are holding this thought in their head for long enough to plan and like wait. Yeah. So this is what this tiger does. He's so pissed that he, he smells Vladimir on whatever's going on. He knows what this guy smells like with this smell. He is able to track down where Vladimir lives. Vlad's not even there. He just finds his house in the middle of the jungle the tiger proceeds to systematically destroy everything that smells like Vladimir around his property. Whatever he finds. Like, it's torn to shreds. And then he waits. This is a fucking tiger! He just waits. And they don't know how long he waited, but it was between 12 and 48 hours. That's a really long time. That is. It's a really long time for an animal to wait to revenge kill somebody. <laughs> like, Don't mess with tigers, man. Yes, that's how fucking angry he made this tiger. You shot me. You took my food. I will murder you straight up. Mm-hmm. And that is what happens. <laughs> that's super duper what happens. Vladimir eventually returns. And he is still outside his house. He gets almost nowhere near his house. <laughs> before this tiger comes out of nowhere attacks him, mauls the shit out of him, drags him a hundred yards into the jungle, and eats him. I'm not even mad. This guy, this tiger's the real G. Like, yeah. Like, I get that this sucks, and I'm, I understand Vladimir's... Trying you know, to survive and yes, doing all of this shit. He's a desperate man. Yeah. I'm not but happy still, he's dead. Poaching. Poaching sucks. Poaching is bad. I would say I would probably blame, like, the Russian government more because, like, apparently they had recently opened up the borders between China and Russia, and this allowed the tigers to migrate north more than they had, and also at the same time, like, changes in Russian government made it so that, like, hunting was basically impossible for the poorer classes, which is how poor people sometimes survive. Like, literally, even in this country, people hunt to live. Yeah. Um, So they couldn't do that legally. And they don't have, like, any other way of living. They're out in Siberia. He was a desperate man, and I'm, I'm sad that this happened to him. Um, but this tiger's amazing. Like, and I'm almost proud of him in a weird way. So, author John Valiant says that the tiger's response was logical and understandable. But in case of the revenge it exacted on Markov, it is anything but typical. In living memory, there was no record of an incident like this, of a tiger hunting a human being. This was a highly unusual circumstance completely driven by human behavior. Like, you don't see this in tigers. This is the one recorded instance we have of, like, you're not stalking the animal, the animal is stalking you. Mm -hmm. So, enter Yuri Trush. I like his name. She does. I do, uh, because I am a trash person who loves Yuri on ice. She is. Um, She made me watch it once. Yeah, so, Yuri Trush. A tiny bit of background. So, poachers like Vladimir were all over the place at this time. Again, due to all the shit I've mentioned, they have no other choice. They're going to starve. And also, like, tiger blood and other stuff was desired for medicines in China. 
Yeah. So it's like a big deal to get a tiger. Yep. They are worth a ton of money in both governments. Yep. And they'll actually use like every part of the tiger. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Toe to tip, but still sucks. It's so gross. They're very endangered. Yeah. Like now. This was 1997, but they were still in danger back then. They were still a protected species at that point. Not in Russia. Well, the thing is, even in Russia, we'll get to that. But, like, <laughs> Russia's still Russia. Yeah. They so, say like, stuff. They say they're protected. But <laughs> yeah. For the right price. Because the government and the mafia aren't that different at this point. Nope. So the government says one thing, but that doesn't mean that it gets done because the mafia is more powerful. And they do what they want. And they want tiger furs. They do. So, anyway. Makes them look classy. Yes. Now, you know, with the limited power the Russian government had, they started a, like, a group of, um, like, protectors, basically. They would patrol the lands where tigers live and stop poachers. They were called Inspection Tiger. Uh, <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> I think that suffers from a translation problem. No. Inspection Tiger. Like, I don't know what that means. It means nothing. It's super weird. It's IT in Russia. Yeah, right? It's the Russian you IT. You need to call IT. Hello, have you tried turning Have you tried turning again? your tiger off and back on again? Have you tried uninstalling Poacher? <laughs> I hate have everything. you showed your tiger a window? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Yuri Trush is a member of Inspection Tiger. Um, in fact, he is like a squad leader. So he's kind of a big deal. So... Trush is described as uh, a guy well-suited for work in tiger country. <laughs> He's physically imposing, a skilled fighter. He is a larger-than-life figure, a real warrior. He's okay. fucking huge. He's built. I'm again picturing Chris Hemsworth. Built for tiger fighting. Yeah. Like a man so big, he didn't have to fear a tiger. I'm good. You, you ever met a man so big, he didn't fear tigers? No, no. That's Yuri Trush. Okay. So, after Vladimir Markov's attack, Trush's job got a little bit different. He started out protecting the tigers from poachers. But he was sent in suddenly to find what is an injured tiger, terrorizing the area, and investigate a murder performed by this tiger. <laughs> so, You know, when you say a murder performed by the tiger... I know, it seems weird, right? I have this mental picture of, like, this tiger wearing a murder condom, a la Hannibal. Right. Where it's just, like... It keeps his fur pristine. Yeah. He's just wearing, you know, a plastic suit. It squeaks as he walks. Yeah. It's hilarious. You know. And he's got his little hood up over his ears. Because, you know, blood is a bitch to clean out of your ears. Oh, obviously. That's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, walking through the Siberian forest. Right. Looking for a poacher to kill. Yeah. And it seems weird to call this like a murder. But it, but it feels was. like one. He waited for him outside his house. That's a murder. That's premeditation. Yes. He could be found guilty at a court of law. Yeah, right? Like if this was a sentient being, which I swear to God, it sounds like he is. It sounds like it. <laughs> like it's crazy. Anyway. So Trush doesn't feel good about this. No. Like his job is to protect tigers. And now he's going to investigate an attack performed by a tiger. It's just going to live there now. It's fine. It lives on your boob. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, this microphone is not, like, cooperating it's with me. It's super not. It's very bad. But It feels like I'm, like, trying to drink water out of the opposite side of the glass, like you do when you have the hiccups. 
Oh, yeah. It's how I feel like I'm talking. It's just like, meh. Down here now. So, one day, uh, Trush and two other inspectors, members of his team, they take a, a Russian version of a Humvee, basically, out into the forest. In the truck, they have a week's worth of food. They have a wood stove. They have bunks. Like, they're, they're so deep in the forest, there's no getting back to any sort of base camp. Like, people live out there, but it's crazy. <laughs> so, they're out there for the long haul. They're just going to look at the Markov site. And look at what happened and report back. That's the plan. Sure. They get to Markov's cabin. They find a couple of Markov's friends waiting. They also find a bloody and gruesome, basically, crime scene. <laughs> like, I don't know what else oh. to refer to it as. Like, it's the scene of a fucking murder. Um, there is a video, apparently, that Trush took that is findable. There have been documentaries made about this. I didn't even try. I don't want to see it. I kind of want to try. It's fucked up. So it's Trush holding the camera, and his hand is shaking, and his voice is shaking, as he's trying to, like, describe the scene, it looks like out in front of his house is the scene of this, like, big scuffle. There are paw prints everywhere. Just all over the place and, like, drag marks. And it sort of looks like a scuffle happened, and then he pulled, started dragging Vladimir away into the jungle, and he finds on his way, like, a shirt sleeve, the hind leg of a dog... What? Yeah, there's no other mention of that dog anywhere. But I'm pretty sure this tiger got Vladimir's dog before he got Probably. Vladimir. It's very sad, but that seems right. Like, no way that he's going to be like, cool, a dog's here, totally fine, I'm not going to murder it. There are tiger paw prints that lead 100 yards into the jungle past Vladimir's home. And when they reach the end of those tracks, they find the mostly devoured body of Vladimir Markov. The way it's described in this book that I mentioned earlier, um, it was a body with no arm and a head with no face. I mean, he had really taken some choice pieces yeah. and munched those right off this dead ass dude. Yeah. Hopefully, I can only hope that Vladimir was dead long before. Cats tend to break the necks of things before they eat them. Mm, yeah, but, like, this cat was pissed. We don't know. We don't know. That's the thing, is we will never know the exact order of events. We won't. And that, that's what Trush is sort of there to suss out as best he can. He can tell sort of what happened, but not, you know, not with that level of detail. So, here's the thing. The attack is gruesome. Markov's friends are pissed. They're just there... And they're kind of drunk, and the people in the surrounding villages are scared as fuck. Because yeah. now all they know is there's an injured tiger and a man-eater patrolling around. In mm -hmm. this, it's, its territory is where they live. The, only, the other problem is that they are so deep in the Siberian forest that Trush couldn't get word to his superiors about the situation if he wanted to. Like, he doesn't know how, there's no way. So tigers are a protected species, even in Russia. That's technically a thing. So technically, he needs permission from Moscow to kill this tiger. And he can't get it. 
He would have to leave, go back to his camp. It's days out there. This tiger is murdering people now. In fact, another man gets attacked and dies. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, as Trush is out there, and he decides he has to make a judgment call himself. He's going to hunt this tiger. He has to kill this tiger. It's already in pain. Yeah. Like, it's enraged. It is killing people. Yeah. So as much as, like, his job is to protect tigers, he doesn't even want to do this. But, like, he has to. He has no choice at this point. Well, and he would have the weaponry to do it. That's the thing. Like, this inspection tiger is um, referred to by the author of this book as, like, jungle SWAT. Like, they are... They have real good guns for the era. They have good, um, like, clothing, I guess. I don't think they have, like, like bulletproof vests, because why would they need those? But they have, like, really good clothing for the era. They look intense. And they have Humvees, basically. Yeah. They are not uh, poorly equipped at all. These are probably the best equipped people to go out into the jungle and kill a tiger, to be real. Yeah. Way better than Vladimir with his homemade bullets. Yeah. Poor guy. So Trush makes this judgment call. He's going to track this tiger. Now, I hate to be a little bit disappointing, but this part of the story is impossible to find. The exact day-to-day movements of this tiger versus Trush, hard to find. Because here's the thing. That book exists that I listed earlier. Um, The Tiger, A True Story of Vengeance and Survival by John Valiant. It has since been made into, like, a documentary-esque movie um, called Conflict Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I found it. I was trying to find the video. Yeah, that's all I can find, uh, too. I haven't watched that, but I want to. Yeah, it's there. We should watch it one night. Yeah, totes. It is also getting made into a real-life, like, blockbuster-level movie with Brad fucking Pitt. Really? Playing my dude, Trush. Huh. Yeah. Um... So this story is kind of all over the place, but it's being very Hollywoodized, I guess, for lack yeah, of a better Yeah, it's going to probably have, like, a lot of explosions and shit. Oh, props. Oh, my God. We're going to fuck it up. But, so that means that a lot of the information I could find is from interviews and reviews of the books or the movies. Um, and they don't want to reveal to you all the best stuff. I highly recommend probably going and finding that Conflict Tiger or reading the book. Um, I kind of super want to, because this seems intense as fuck. And a lot of it is straight from Trush's mouth. Um, But what I do know is that it's days of not a man tracking a tiger. Which is what the movie will be. Sure. (laughs) But a man trying to track a tiger while a tiger tracks a man. (laughs) They are circling each other in the jungle. This tiger is too fucking pissed and too fucking smart. They are constantly, like, he gets, he never gets within 50 yards of the tiger. He sees it one time. I will say, though, that with all this, like, he's terrified most of the time. Yeah. It's, also, it's 30 below. Can I mention it's December? Oh, yeah. It's December in Siberia. That's important. It's (laughs) V-Bad. This tiger is way more equipped to live out there than they are. Like, at one point, it says in the book, like, Trush walks out into the wilderness knowing that every single step he takes leads him further into the actual den (laughs) of this tiger. Yeah. So, 
it's a very dangerous and harrowing tale, I assume, that I don't get all the dope details for. I swear <laughs> to God, I'll have an update. But we'll watch the documentary and see what happens. Right. But I have more. But, like, there is some cool stuff here. I do. I'll tell you that I know that at the end, these guys are not fucking around. They are heavily equipped. And they do successfully hunt and kill this tiger. It's sad. Yeah. It kind of needed to happen. It is a menace to society at this point. And it's not its own fault. No. That that happened. Like... It got shot. That tiger was just minding its business. And somebody right. took his food and they shot at him. And he yes. was like, uh-uh. Uh-huh. Not in my house. And he is just, you know, he's exacting his revenge plan. And I'm proud of him Tenfold. in a way. Yeah. I can't even be mad. But He's probably chilling with, like, the psycho lion in Africa that, like, killed, like, 50 people. Yeah. They're just oh, chilling yeah. up in, like, animal heaven. Yeah, they're in, like, like... hey, why did you do it? It's like, oh, he took my food. Like, oh, yeah, okay. oh, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. How dare he? <laughs> They're the only two that understand each yeah. other. We should do that line sometime. Oh, God, it's yeah. It's a fucked up story. That sounds fucked up as shit. It is. Um, so, yes, that does happen. And I, you know, and I don't agree with it, but I understand, like, Trush didn't agree with it either. He just did what he had to do. Yeah. There's some, such a thing as public safety. Congress. <laughs> and Ooh. sometimes Ooh. you have to make shitty decisions. Ooh. Ooh. Oops. Ooh. Ooh, hot take. Ooh. <laughs> Whoops. Now here's a fun button on this story. It's not fun. It's weird. But it's it's not, not fun. Okay, just give me a sec. Trush believes that this encounter with the tiger marked him forever in a super weird way. Seven years later, it's 2004. He goes to a wildlife rehabilitation center. And at one of these, like, in one of the sort of areas in the center, there is a tiger named Liuti. And he has been raised since he was a cub in the center. He's super well socialized. Like, he lets the people who work there, like, scratch his neck. Like, he's a sweet baby. He purrs. He's a cat. Yeah. He's a sweet, sweet cat. He probably chuffs. Mushu sometimes chuffs. Oh, totes, yeah. He's never had problems with people. As soon as this tiger sees Trush... It tenses, it stands up, it growls, and it runs at the fence between him and Trush. It runs and hits the fence so hard that the fence bows outward. And Trush has to, like, lean back to, like, get away from it. This tiger fucking hates him instantly. The tiger knows. The tiger fucking knows. It makes no sense to me, but it knows. So all this is telling me is that tigers have a psychic communication. Something. Where they can describe the identity or share a scent yeah. of a man or woman that kills, like, someone the in thing. their family. And they just know. They just know. Trush believes that this is true because he's had other encounters. He works around tigers. Yeah. That's his job. And he is no longer trusted by most tigers he has ever encountered. They immediately hate him. See, it's just like, okay, so there's this thing in World of Warcraft where if you're out (laughs) with any of, like, their, like, protection, like, environmental protection agency type people, they have, like, their own name for it. If you kill an animal, you get covered in red, 
And then if you go near any animals within like six minutes, they will immediately attack you. Because they know that you're a danger. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like that in real life. And then if you life. like go anywhere near like the Environmental Protection Agency people, they kill you. They'll attack you. Holy shit. So like, I feel like this is like a real life version of that where he's just like marked for yes. life. Yeah. Like they know whether it's through some sort of sixth sense like some sort of smell. Or maybe it's a scent he's emitting of like this wariness or unease or aggressiveness. Yeah, maybe he is unknowingly yeah. admitting this this guilt of something that happened through his own scent. Yeah, you never know. It could be anything. It's crazy, though. He believes full on that this, this confrontation he had with a massive man-eater several years ago has, has marked him for life and he cannot interact with tigers the same way ever again yep tigers are fucking smart and we should appreciate the shit out of them and they're beautiful they are so gorgeous they are endangered leave them alone they are so they're too smart for their own protect fucking them. good protect tigers protect tigers but like protect give hippos, them their space <laughs> well yeah protect hippos too because they were endangered yeah they've were? been endangered since 2008 oh i was gonna say the, but they still they're still on the list or? i think so okay so, like, they're still, like, a protected species. Yeah, please be careful. Don't stop poaching. These, ultimately, these are different types of stories than what we usually do. Because yeah. Because we're usually talking about fucking human predators. Yeah. Who are horrible monsters who deserve to be killed or locked up. Yeah. And, like, I don't like talking about animal stories. But, like... But, like, I do. Yeah. It's almost a nice, refreshing thing because... At least an animal story. That's just an animal being an animal. Yeah. They're protecting their turf. They're protecting their food. They're protecting themselves. It's not some malicious fucking asshole locking a lady in a basement for nine years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I really like tigers. Not as much as loons, but, like, I like them. They're, like, a dangerous animal. Yes. They're it's in the my, top five. It, it's my favorite dangerous animal. There you go. There we go. So, holy shit. This might be the longest fucking up props yeah dude yeah but honestly it's our 25th it's our 25th yes so oh my god if you've stuck around this whole time thank you so fucking much we really appreciate it we hope that we will hear from you soon if there's something you'd like to hear a story you'd like to hear a story you want to tell um or just any suggestions you have for us um about how you like the format of the stories like we mentioned earlier how you would like us to sort of do that going forward we want to hear yeah, from we you. want to hear from you. I'll put a vote on on Facebook. Yeah, let's do that. I'll create a poll. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our 25th episode. Yeah. Can you believe we got here? No. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I think Kat will be on our next one. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because she's going to be here for this one. Yeah. We haven't had Kat in a while. And she's super fun. She's to... super busy. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We love right. you. It's time for us to eat cake. Bye. <gasps> Let them eat cake! Bye! <laughs>